Welcome to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Jens Nelson, and with me is... Lucas Stock. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. We thank you for joining us as we explore, discuss, and grow together as followers of Christ. So, Lucas, um, where are you at right now? I am, believe it or not, where I always am. Huh. But what's interesting is, where are you right now? I am right here with you. I am in the same room. Whoa. It feels a little weird. It's not going to lie. <laughs> a, little, a little uncomfortable. <laughs> right? <laughs> normally, we're, normally, I'm looking at you on my desk, and you're a very small rectangle on my phone screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, same. And I don't, I don't know if we ever like look at each other face-to-face when we do it. So I it's feel like, like when I'm talking, I'm usually looking at my notes same. Or, or the, the recording. <laughs> and then when you're talking, I'm looking at you. Yeah, but like, same. There's no eye contact, right. so it's easier. To... <laughs> it feels a little like, hey... <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, we are together. My wife and I, we, we flew into Massachusetts a couple days ago, been hanging out, and now we're recording our first ever, it's not a live episode, but in the same place. We're not, right. we're not doing two separate recordings, piecing it together in post-production and giving it to you. This is one audio track, so it's kind of exciting. It um, is. It's very exciting. So yeah, if, if this sounds a little different, it's because we're not both right up on, on our own individual mics. We have one mic between us with a different setting on to hopefully right. pick up our voices. So we apologize if we sound a little like echoey or jarbled, but um, we thought it'd be kind of fun to record an episode in person. And it, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Or a lot. We'll see how the yeah. weekend goes. <laughs> Yeah, well, so today, uh, we're, this is going to be a bonus episode for you guys, and we thought, um, it's been a while since we've done like a list of, you know, five theologians or five books that every Christian should read, and so as we were sort of exploring what topic we might want to cover, we thought uh, five favorite chapters of the Bible, um, which is interesting, because at, at first we thought maybe books, but this helps narrow it down, and it narrows it down a lot, because yeah. I mean, there's 66 books of the Bible, but there are like a thousand or more chapters Probably. i think so it makes it a little interesting so i'm curious to see if we have any overlap yeah if they're all completely different so do you want to just like start us off lucas What's, sure and this also is in no particular order we're just these are just five that we thought of sort of right off the top of our heads so yep so no particular order i would say um even though there's no particular order this is a fitting start to any list of Bible chapters, because my first is Genesis chapter one. Oh, which if you've never read the Bible, you might not know this, but if you have read the Bible, you probably do know because you've probably started with this chapter at some point. Is the story of well, the first story of creation. It's the seven days, well, six days of creation followed by one day of rest, as God creates the different parts of the heavens and the earth and the water and the creatures and the flying creatures and the creepy crawlies and everything else um finally culminating with creating man in his image and i would say the reason that i would wanted to put this on a list of favorite chapters is um it's first of all it's it's just really exciting and cool to think about you know reading about the origins of the world and pondering that theologically but i think another reason why this one sticks out to me is it was one of the first passages or sections of scripture that i feel like i really dove deep into in a theological way not Mm. just reading it not just understanding what it says 
not just um, you know talking about it, but really exploring the ins and outs of the text, the even the in in the original Hebrew a little bit, the doctrines being expressed, diving into those things theologically, and really fleshing out my understanding and interpretation of these you know 30 something verses or however long it is and for that reason it really sticks out to me and it's it's uh it's going first because it is the first it's the first well i think i too have genesis one so wow. i have three ones i don't know oh, if that wow. helps you at all but this is so again this was in no particular order so i figured i would mention genesis one as my first now because since you had it too so we have we have one that's the same um, and, and it's the same for me. Like when I, when I think of basically like how I was trying to come up with this list, cause I, this could have taken hours to like really pour over and right. think about like, what are the most theologically like important passages to my, you know, worldview or, or something like that. But I was just trying to think of what are passages, passages of scripture that I come back to time and time again, that I've read devotionally or that maybe I've you know written a paper on or preached on when I was a youth pastor. So Genesis one is one of those that comes up often i mean not only is it like you know every not every year but a lot of years many years i've tried to do um (laughs) like a read through the bible in a year so obviously if you're doing a you know from front cover to back cover you're gonna read genesis first every time right so I, i bet i've read genesis one maybe even more than any other chapter in the bible like it'd be it'd be interesting if somehow i could track that or if we could track right what sections of scripture we've read more than others but just for the same reasons that you list. I mean, I won't rehash what you said, but it's 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 learning about who God is. It's learning about who we are. And just like any good book, I hope if you're into books, especially theological ones, that you're not skipping the introduction. Like, I, I feel like that's a thing that people do. Like they'll skip yeah. the preface, they'll skip the introduction and just jump in. The author didn't write that for no reason. Like there's usually some important information there. Yep. And sometimes that's how I've thought about Genesis one, it's like introducing all that's to come because mm-hmm. it's placing humanity in their context, God in his context as creator. So that's, yeah, that's why Genesis one made, made the list. Yeah. It's a killer chapter. Go read it. Uh, okay. So my next one on my list is John 17. That was close for me. Didn't Ooh. make my five, which is the, the heading in the Bible I'm looking at is the high priestly prayer. So that's commonly what people refer to this, the prayer that's in this chapter. It's when Jesus and his disciples are having the last supper and Jesus is um, talking with them and teaching them. And at this point, praying for them right before he is um, betrayed and arrested and given over to the authorities to be crucified. And this, I mean, you know, we talked about how to, how to do this episode as far as like reading you know, we didn't right. want to each read five entire chapters in case we pick long ones, but this would be a chapter to just read and read and read and read again and again. But, um, you know, what really sticks out to me, um, just, you know, off the top of my head is just how Jesus is, is putting his disciples. And he even, he even mentions us by talking about not just these disciples, but those who will come after them and just, He's not even talking to them at this point. He's just praying for them. And we get to see his heart for these people who are his friends, who are his students, who are his children in, in many ways. Um, and he's he's just praying for them as they enter, you know, are about to enter into sort of the 
you know, like training is over. Jesus is, is being crucified and he's going to, you know, as we will see shortly in the, in the narrative, hand over, you know, the keys to his kingdom to them. And, and, and then as we see in Acts, what that looks like for, for them as the apostles and just seeing and hearing, getting to like, it's really a, like a fly on the wall right. moment of getting an inside look into Jesus's heart and mind for the disciples. And so that just really makes it so special in that sense. And then also what he's praying is just so, it's so beautiful and it's such yeah. a good reminder. And really it's th- this entire section of John, like these, I think it's like 14 to 17 or 18 are really incredible passages to like meditate on when we're thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. But I think 17, especially for me, um, really sticks out as, as we get to listen into Jesus's, you know, tender and loving prayer for his disciples um, and for us. So I think John 17 is another good one. There you go. It's actually kind of funny because as I think about making my list, so I have, like I said, I have three chapter ones. I have two chapter sixes. And some of the other ones I was like mulling over were John 17 and Acts 17. So That's it's just weird. funny that like <laughs> some of the same numbers keep coming up. Um, so keeping in my theme of number ones here is Ephesians 1. Um, and Ephesians is a hard one because like it definitely would have been one of my five books had I mm. had an entire book because there's just a lot that goes on in Ephesians. And I was really wrestling between Ephesians 1 and 2 because as you can see in my Bible here, uh, I don't do this often, but like when I preached on Ephesians 1 and 2, I really tried to break it down like verse by verse. But mm-hmm. um, I guess a heterodox Calvinist like you would love <laughs> Ephesians 1. <laughs> so we have a mailing list. And a listener of our podcast subscribed to our mailing list and one minute later unsubscribed and gave us a very good comment on why he was unsubscribing. And I, I was referred to as a heterodox Calvinist. Or I guess we were generally, but you're not a Calvinist at all. That's interesting. So it's really referring to me. But <laughs> It's good feedback. It's good feedback. We, we appreciate it. We yeah. always say, leave us feedback. It helps us to grow yeah. helps us to evolve i mean but, we're kind of poking fun but we appreciate the time and yeah. if you're listening you know we'd Give love to hear more feedback <laughs> it helps us change evolve adapt i just thought it was funny because that was like the last thing i would have thought a comment would have been and heterodox is just a fun word to throw around to right. people <laughs> um, which you shouldn't do flippantly right but just like apparently i shouldn't throw around heretic either i just gotta be careful with that one <laughs> anyway at jens nelson on twitter <laughs> <laughs> uh so Ephesians 1, uh, the spiritual blessings in Christ. This is when we contemplate as adopted sons, as children of the kingdom, you know, as you were mentioning kind of in, in John 17, being adopted. Um, this is sort of like, you know, if we, if we thought of Genesis 1 as like the beginning of creation, this is almost like hearkening back to that in a way, because it says like ever since the foundation of the world, he chose us like he chose us to be holy and blameless. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Um, we have redemption, forgiveness of our trespasses. There's this inherent uh, inheritance that we're awaiting one day. Um, we've been sealed with the promised Holy spirit. These are just a couple of the things that like are the spiritual blessings that we have when we are united to Christ. So when we think of, when we think of our union to him, our, um, you know, both now and in the future, this is sort of, spelling those things out in great detail so it's it's one of those like continual reminders because i think it can become pretty easy to 
sort of forget what we have in Christ, or, or maybe we've never even really contemplated it, like what it means that we are Christians. It doesn't just mean that we get to get out of hell free, but you know, what truly does it mean to be united to Christ? What does it mean to have union with him, with one another? Um, and to know that, you know, so especially in context, again, of Genesis 1, you know, when, when everything was created, what was the purpose in creating? Um, it's not like Jesus was like a second, you know, backup plan, like, you know, Adam and Eve sinned. So it's like, oh, crap, I guess I'm going to have to send my son. Um, this has been since before the world was even founded, the foundation had not been laid. He chose us, you know, he was in the heavenly places and he chose us. And I think that's a beautiful thing to to ponder, to dwell upon. So that's why I guess it makes my list. Yeah, definitely. And definitely a uh, challenging ver- uh, chapter in a lot of ways, but also especially considering that most of it's like one sentence, I think. It's, yeah, it's like <laughs> one giant sentence here. Um, which I, you know, I don't read Greek yet, but I've heard a lot about Paul's Greek. Right. And, and we'll see, we'll see what it's like. <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on, my third, sounds kind of funny, my third chapter, not chapter three, but the third one on my list is um, Philippians 2, Hmm. specifically verses 1 through 11, Uh, 1 1 through 8, 1 through 11, Um, but I mean the whole chapter is good stuff, but specifically that beginning section is often referred to as the Christ hymn, Hmm. Um, it's, uh, or like the kenosis passage. which refers to Christ's emptying of himself um, as, as Paul is sort of reflecting on in a, in a very devotional way um, our relationship to each other in light of Christ in the incarnation as, as Christ not counting equality with God, a thing to be grasped, came in, coming in the form of a servant, even to the point of death on a cross. And, and it's a a very devotional passage it's a very you know beautifully written passage um of really rigorous theology and and it's a i think probably one of the best incarnational passages in the new testament to just go to really concisely to see you know the incarnation what is it that christ in the incarnation you know when 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 we're told in john one that the word became flesh and dwelt among us what like what does that mean? Philippians 2 in the beginning is a fantastic place to to really see that fleshed out in a in a like I said very devotional and um it's easy to understand in some sense, but it's not it does it's not dumbing down, you know, <laughs> what it means for God to become man, but it's really reflecting on on Christ's incarnation and and what that looks like in a way that is really exciting and i think just a an amazing moment in the new testament of of just teaching doctrine and theology in such a profound way but also a way that isn't you don't need to read you know a thousand page academic you know extensive tome in order to like talk about it you know it's like eight verses (laughs) in plain well not i mean plain English for me, but originally not, but <laughs> right. you know what I mean. Um, and to really just reflect on the incarnation, which really is the central mystery and the central tenet of our faith. Yeah. Um, if there's no incarnation, it doesn't matter what anything else 
like everything hinges on the incarnation our our salvation the the love of god for man everything really is <laughs> if christian theology isn't about the incarnation it's not christian right, theology right. anymore and i think that philippians 2 is is like i said just one of the best places to to go for that um and, and why it's one of my favorite chapters cool we'll, we'll wrap up my third number one with colossians one and this is one that that was almost that almost made it yeah well, it's one that we've, I feel like we've re- at least referenced a lot, if not yeah. like read a number of times, especially 15 through like 20. Um, but when I think about Colossians, this would also probably be a book in my top five. Uh, but, you know, in, in the opening section, Paul is, is sort of speaking to the church and saying how like he never ceases to give thanks for what God is doing um, in that church. And what I like, what I like in Paul's, both of his, in, in his introductions and in his conclusions to his letters is like his pastoral heart. Cause like, even though in the body of these letters, he might be like condemning sin, calling out hypocrisy, you know, dealing with the things that need to be dealt with in these churches, which I think we sometimes forget that the letters were written to churches, <laughs> not like unbelievers necessarily. And so to see in the, in, you know, it's almost like the hello and goodbye of a letter he he's like revealing his heart his love Mm. for those people and what's especially interesting is in his in flowing out of his love for this the people in the colossian church it then like like it's so christological he's like he's talking about like unity love like the things that that christ has done uh how we ought to live in the world and then like it it speaks of um you know, he delivered us from the domain of dark darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that's where it jumps into like speaking of Jesus as the image of the invisible God, um, you know, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth. Um, you know, he's the, for him, in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Mm. So it's just so deep and rich. Like I said, Christologically speaking, we see right. just like you re- you referenced John one. We've already re- referenced Genesis one a number of times. So when we think about what was happening in the days of creation, well, he was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So Jesus was there mm-hmm. when all things were being created. And then we learn in Colossians one, like it was Jesus who who not only like spoke all these things into being, but like for whom all these things were created. All these things are held together in him. Were it not for him, we would cease to exist, vanish into, I don't know, oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like just the, the the beauty, the majesty, the power, the might of Jesus. And then when you speak, when you think of that, this like super high and mighty Christology, mm-hmm. and then you mentioned the incarnation. Right. Just a second ago. Like, then you think about this God who was there in the beginning, who all things were created for and through and to became man he entered into that creation that was made for him to to redeem to restore to recreate that which was dead in its trespasses um and so it's just like a really really powerful really beautiful especially 15 through 20 really beautiful passage of, of scripture that really highlights who christ is and that's what i love about progressive revelation like god didn't like reveal himself instantly even even if I'm curious, like, what the first book of the Bible ever written was. Like, if Job or Genesis. But, like, even if all someone had was Genesis, they'd have an idea of who God is, but not that full picture. So, as we as we progress through the narrative of Scripture, just like we've already sort of mentioned here, from Genesis to John to Colossians, we're getting this fuller, deeper, richer understanding of who our creator 
and who our Redeemer is. And so that's, especially in conjunction with some of these passages we've talked about, it makes it all that much more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and even just especially with in light of Philippians 2 and Colossians 1 and the, those themes in those chapters that we were just talking about, I can't help, as you were speaking, just be reminded of Athanasius' On the Incarnation, the way he talks about Christ as the as as God, the you know, and being, you know, not just at the creation, but the one who created, and then being incarnated into it for the purpose of recreating it, reviving it from from being dead in its corruption, and and sin. like the whole be the whole work of on the incarnation is is a fantastic you know just just d- description of and then also reflection on the implications of the incarnation but um in the beginning like that's exactly what he's talking about we just see it so clearly um in the writing of of the new testament in in paul's letters and and the way that that's been upheld and reflected in in the history of the church it's just it's just a incredible truth to like we we can never exhaust right (laughs) or fully understand how how god became a man right (laughs) yeah um yeah, so going backwards a little bit uh, in some ways, um, my next one is Daniel 3. Oh, interesting. I would have never guessed that. Daniel one. 3, which is the chapter with the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, mm. also known as Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> and um, the chocolate bunny. And the Shadrach Meshach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I never saw that VeggieTales until like a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's a good one though. It is. We watched it recently too. I don't know where, but, um, but yeah, so Nebuchadnezzar's golden image and then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's, um, uh, refusal to bow down to it and them being thrown in the golden furnace because they would not bow down to a false, false idol and, um, miraculously being delivered by, the, the angel of the Lord and the, Jesus, maybe. you know, and what, what even, even, even Nebuchadnezzar's reaction of like, whoa, your God is, is the legit God. You know, everyone has to worship their God. Just like, you know, as we see later, he wasn't at that point. He, it's not like he was completely converted to worshiping Yahweh, but, right. um, but yeah, it just, it, it's such an amazing story. And I mean, it's so popular. I like, I, it was one of the stories I remember learning a lot as a kid and Mm. as a younger, um, you know, like children's ministry, youth ministry, like it's, you know, veggie tales, different, you know, those kinds of things. Like there's a, there's a reason that it's such a, I think relatively popular, um, relatively popular verse for children, not verse chapter story for children to learn about because of what it, it, what it teaches. And it's such an amazing narrative of, of just, um, courage and, integrity and faithfulness on the part of and i said shadrach meshach and abednego but their real names are hananiah mishael and azariah um which recently i i saw something that you know those are it's interesting those are those aren't their names like the ones we know them by are their their oppressors and colonizers their babylonian sort of names force them into these babylonian identities where really their names are daniel not belteshazzar and hananiah mishael and azariah so i think uh I mean, the book refers to them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so it's you know it's not a big deal. But I do think it is worth remembering that, you know, they had you know, and also, the, the you know, their names in Hebrew would have reflected their character, know, their, their, their character, and, and Yahweh, not 
not uh, you know the false gods of Babylon. So I think it, it is it's significant enough to note. But just the story of those three faithful, devoted followers of our God who refuse, you know, and their their statement about you know God will deliver us, and even if He doesn't, we're praise, not going to bow down, you know. And so it's it's a really amazing um, story, a really amazing just chapter overall what we see nebuchadnezzar going through and learning what we see these three people teaching us through their example it's it's um definitely my favorite part of daniel hmm. and, and one of my favorite chapters overall did you say you took daniel revelation and moody i did right okay yeah that's one of the ones i wish i had yeah. had the chance which to my fi- total tangent but my favorite part about that class was um we had to read we had to read each book seven times. Oh, okay. Like, so in the beginning we were talking about Daniel and like during those weeks, we had to read the book of Daniel seven times all the way through That's a lot of revelation over the course of like, it was, it was, <laughs> it was tough, but what's especially with Daniel, just because it's a shorter book and, and the beginning parts are, are narrative. So it's a little easier to like, uh, it's a little easier to like organize in your head. Like, by the time I was reading it for, like, the fourth and fifth time, like, I knew what was going to happen. Okay. So, I was picking up on... It It was a really... Imp- like, it stuck with me. I haven't really done this since, but the idea of, like... Oh, and I, I think I forgot. We had to read it... We had to read it seven times in a day. So, like, I read, like, ten chapters of Revelation in the morning, ten chapters at night. I read, like... I, maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering that. Maybe so I like just... One, one read one day, the second read the second day? Yeah, it... I, that's how I remember it. Maybe it was just seven times and I just needed to squeeze it in, you know, because I procrastinated. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I remember just reading to, to go through, I, I remember Daniel more clearly, to go through Daniel again and again and again and to do it in, you know, one or two sittings. Because then also it's not like over the course of a week I'm reading Daniel and I'm, I, you know, because right. then it's been seven days since I started like, but to do it all in a day, like you're you're capturing the whole book, like much more as, as a unit, if hmm. that makes sense, instead yeah. of just like a chapter here, a chapter there, a chapter there, which is fine. But to to be reading it in this new way that I hadn't done before, where I was ingesting so much of the same book over and over again, made me notice things and understand the book in hmm. a way that I just had never done before and haven't really done since with any any book of the Bible. And, and it's something that just talking about it is making me remember it. Like, I want to start doing that again. Just like pick a book and just like read it once a day. You know, especially yeah. like, like, you know, the a lot of the New Testament books or, or like the minor prophets that are that are shorter. Um, Can read really fast. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, you know, like, like I'm thinking even some of the longer like, um, epistles like like ephesians is like six chapters but even that you can probably read in like 30 minutes which you know maybe you don't have 30 minutes so you read 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes at night whatever but like to try it to try that it just it really helps to to get a better grasp on like the book as a whole which is i think one really important way to approach scripture yeah to so, okay, so this is what Ephesians or Daniel or whatever is all about. You know, this is the overall flow of the book. This is the story as a whole. And then to 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 complement more specific, like, 
okay, I'm going to read this one chapter and really dive into what this paragraph means. Like hmm. both I think are really helpful for different things. And I just remember that I think that's, that's one of the reasons I appreciate Daniel as a book so much is because I went through that experience by taking that class. Right. So well, it's interesting. Like cool. down that same tangent real quick. I was, I'm reminded of something I saw on Twitter this week where someone said a practice that they've been doing that they're nearly done with is writing out all of the gospels so like as they read them and like sort of like that. meditate on them yeah like writing line for line you know period for period the text of all four gospels right. and like i saw people commenting in the feed like i've done that before and it really helps you to like slow down and understand what's happening and pick up on details that you might have glossed over because mm-hmm. when we're reading sometimes our mind wanders yeah. we get distracted we don't pick up on every every piece of the page right but to slow down like that, that's kind of what you're saying to like yeah to have to slow down or to read um you know a couple times in a row um i think it's just kind of cool but so now i think we're on our you just did your fourth one and now i'll do my fourth one which is jumping into my number six chapters <laughs> um so isaiah six so we both had we both had uh old testament and when i when i I purposely didn't choose any Psalms because I just figured like that was too easy. Because like I could, we could do an episode on like five favorite Psalms. But, yeah, yeah. Um, when I think of Old Testament other than Genesis, uh, I think of Isaiah six because mm. it's Isaiah's whether it's a vision or his actual encounter in the throne room, um, seeing Yahweh seated on his throne, all of the heavenly beings flying mm. around the cherubim seraphim you know holy 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 is the lord of hosts the world is full of his glory um it, I, i've said it before on the podcast but in reading the holiness of god this is a passage that rc Sproul takes like a lot of time to to mm. talk about and dissect and i've just i've also heard a number of sermons on this passage and when we think of the holiness the transcendence the majesty the might and the yeah. the bigness of who our god is right. um this is one that, like I said, immediately jumps to mind. And it's a reminder even of atonement because the, the heavenly being takes a coal from the altar with some tongs. I'm just like trying to picture what this would have been like for Isaiah. Like oh, he's like in the dirt. There's probably not dirt in the throne room, but whatever. He's like face down uh, in this courtroom is like ter- terror stricken, yeah. which is something we probably can't even imagine. And is like, like I am ruined I am like yeah. I'm a man of unclean lips. I do not deserve to be here. And this this seraphim or cherubim, whatever one, comes down, touches his lips with this coal, um, which is a painful thing. I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> you know, have you ever bit your lip? That doesn't feel very good. Or imagine like taking ta- a bite of pizza when it's too hot. Right. Imagine taking a hot burning coal and putting it on your lips. <laughs> but it's a reminder of like even the pain of repentance, the pain of mortifying. Um, our sin to put sin to death is like not an easy thing. So that right. to, the act of it, both for us, but also the one for whom atonement was like the one who accomplished atonement. It was also a painful experience to have perished in place of the people whom you're dying for. Right. Um, so it's not only is it like a beautiful image of not just God's heavenly glory, but his holiness, his majesty, his grace in atoning the sin of sinners when they don't deserve it. Um, so that's, that's, it's a, it's a good picture of, of the gospel in a very, like, I mean, Isaiah six is probably the shortest one that I've brought up so far. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That was one of, there was a, on, 
on the Portraits album, there's a For Today song that mm. is, that album's like, it takes different figures from the Bible and like, it's sort of from each perspective. And there's an Isaiah one about, um, here I am, Lord, send me that. Right. Oh yeah. Know, his, in, yeah I think that's that. verse eight. Um, and just, it's, yeah, that's, that's such a, such a meaningful and stunning chapter in so yeah. many ways. So that's a good one. I mean, they're all good ones, of course, but that's a good one. <laughs> Just like every one of our episodes is interesting. Exactly. It's exactly the same. <laughs> um, so for my fifth one, fifth and final, uh, Desert Island Bible chapter, I guess. There we go. First <laughs> um, Corinthians 11, huh? which is interesting because there's the beginning part about head coverings, which is extremely confusing and weird, and I'm not... That's not why I'm picking this one. <laughs> That'd be but, interesting if it was. <laughs> um, then the second half is all about the Lord's Supper. And mm. here we get some really, really um, sort, sort of like the way that you that Philippians 2 really puts forward like some like really legit incarnational theology. Here in 1 Corinthians 11, in a relatively short passage, you're you're getting like some really heavy duty sacramental eucharistic theology as he as paul's you know he's he's critiquing and and correcting the errors that that the corinthians are um allowing to creep into their celebrations of the lord's supper as they come together to worship but in doing so he's teaching and laying out what the, the celebration of the supper is what it means what it doesn't mean why it's so serious why what they're doing is 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 bad news for them and and you know compromises the sacrament and and it's again just one of those places that really sticks out of like here we see abundantly clear this central aspect of our of our worship in in this case the 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 administration and celebration of the Lord's Supper really being hashed out in one of its most clear you know in one of the one of the clearest sections of, of the New Testament where we see it being almost just like spelled out for us, you know, yeah. and, and, and not exactly, but we, we learn so much even as Paul is laying the stuff out to remind and correct the Corinthians. Um, it's, it's almost like a, like a Lord's Supper manual for us, hmm. you know, to look back on in, in some ways. And um, communion and the Lord's Supper is just one of my favorite theological areas and and little like hobbies if um, if, if you will i think i knew that <laughs> um and and exploring like sacramental theology uh, you know in the bible and all that kind of stuff is is it's become something that i it's just really exciting um and really fascinating and and a, and a great interest to me and i think that that's that's why first corinthians it was it was it was I'm talking about it last. It was one of the first ones that popped to my head. Okay. Um, just because it is such a great, like, you want to know about communion? Read First Corinthians. You know, there's only so many passages to really go to. And right. this is one of the most, one of the biggest right. in terms of, in terms of importance. And it's just a really, it's a really fun passage to, to spend time with. And go and go back to and and, ex, and explore a little more um, to really get all you know squeeze all the all the juice out of what Paul's saying. You right. know, um, it, it's 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 definitely it's definitely a, a, a really fun one. 
I'm trying to think now. Other than our Old Testament passages, have has Paul been the author of all of our letters? Um, Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians. Ephesians, and then I had Genesis and Daniel. Okay, and I think so. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, I guess makes sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You know, statistically, there's a good chance it's going to be Paul. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to round it off with Paul, because <laughs> um, I. So when I think of my favorite books of the Bible, Romans is definitely in that list. And so I was trying to think, is there a single chapter in Romans that is my favorite? And there's, I mean, probably quite a few that'd be close to the top. Um, but I, I chose Romans 6, um, which this mm. says, dead to sin, alive to God. And I think that this is a really helpful reminder as we navigate our Christian life, like how we ought to live. And it actually fits really well, I was just thinking, in light of even the order that I've presented my five, you know, speaking of mm. creation, um, sort of like spiritual blessings as God's children, um, who Christ is and what he's done for us, um, God's holiness, transcendence, atonement, like in light of all those things, in light of who God is, in light of who we were, who are we to be now as as Christians? And so when we think about like being dead to sin and alive in the spirit, um, there are serious implications for the Christian life and how we live. You know, do we, as Christians, do we continue to sin? By no means. Right. Like That's like <laughs> Paul's thing. Like, we don't continue to sin that grace may abound, but we live a life of, of, of faithfulness, of holiness, because as God is holy, we too are to be holy in our conduct. Um, so this is a really helpful, like, just practical reminder. Like, I think it, we'd probably be really well off if Christians every day read Romans 6, <laughs> like, to consider, like, what shall we say? Are we continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? What is that? <laughs> I don't know if it's, uh, the mic's spaceships? picking it up, but it sounds like sounds like something's taken off right yeah, outside a big our, jet or our something. window. Oh my goodness! That is wild. The end of the world, guys. The oh, aliens man. are here. They're, we're catching it on the mic. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about being slaves to righteousness. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than that. It's just yeah. like it's a really powerful. Um, reminder of who we are now in Christ and how we we ought to live in light of that, and that's I think a reminder that we like I said we need every single day. So definitely, and you know, not to totally derail all that incredibly profound um, insights that you just pulled out of Romans six, but it also fits uh, with the way that I concluded my list with a very sacramental chapter, right. and here we have the other sacrament. Um, don't at me. Uh, Anglo-Catholics, but um, the other sacrament of baptism, where where all of this is is that, that Paul is bringing up is that us being being baptized. If we're baptized into Christ, we are we are. That's why we're dead to sin. We are baptized right. into His death. That that we may live, you know, as He now lives. Um, so that's kind of funny, but um, just yeah, that's a that's a yeah, that's a great chapter. I thought I lost track of how many ones you had. So that's I thought you were going to say Romans one. But I, yeah, I think Romans six is definitely like not that Romans one is bad or no. anything, but like Romans six is is you know Romans is really tricky. Like it is. It's it's a book of ups and downs. <laughs> if you haven't read Romans in a while, like check it Just out. Read like, through it. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, we're going through it at at. Well, I say we. My pastor is preaching through Romans right now, and I think I think this week's Romans five. What did I read? Yeah, five. No, four. Four. Duh. Four. Yeah. Um, I did the scripture reading this week for right. online service, but anyway, um, got a little distracted there. But it's Romans just is like this Romans a- is cool. alien spaceship out yeah, there. I don't lot, know what the heck is going on. Lots going on out there. <laughs> losing track of, of which what verse we're talking about. Anyway, um, so those are our five 
chapters each yeah. of of you know we should have called it if you could only bring five chapters to a desert island maybe that would actually change our selection i don't it know might, but yeah oh, um, wow. at the how, very how least, to live on a desert island with just five chapters of the bible yeah i mean that's kind of what it's seems like i think i would have chosen the same ones i don't know if i would have really yeah. changed mine i might have i might have i might have changed some huh but i'd have to really sit down and think about that if if that makes any sense to do yeah like i might i might have picked like more gospel chapters probably um we'll lock this away for a future episode when this has become a distant thing of the past right and we'll, we'll right pull that out yeah so uh that's gonna do it for today's bonus episode this Assuming everything goes well, we're actually going to drop it the day that we recorded it with, with which is um, Saturday, July fourth, twenty twenty. So super excited that you're here, yeah, and that we're doing this in person, and um, we're gonna go try and record a bunch more and see how it goes. Hopefully, these don't all sound like garbage, but I guess we'll <laughs> this will be the test. We'll find out. Um, this is the litmus. We'll find out in in post. So anyway, um, thank you for listening to today's very special in person bonus episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Doxology Podcast. Email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, your questions, critiques. Uh, cool things that 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 come to mind if, you, if from today's episode or another episode ideas. What are your five episodes? Favorite? Yeah, tweet us with with just in a bullet pointed list. You know, twelve point font, Times New Romans, um, Times New Roman, <laughs> <laughs> well, Romans one, Romans six, Times um, New Roman. What are your top five chapters? That's a. It was a. It was really cool to think about yeah. and and it's it's a good conversation. It it sounds kind of corny. Like when we came up with the idea, I was like. This sounds like a like an Awana activity, <laughs> but at the same time, it's also really cool yeah. to, to think through. So we'd love to hear yours. You can sign up for our newsletter for weekly updates as far as what's going on in the life of the podcast, any updates on upcoming episodes or news. Um, you can check out logos.com slash doxology podcast for more information on our sponsor, the incredible logos bible software um and we would love to hear from you for all of this or even more um and until next time we will see you later peace